Welcome to our Rock City Church podcast. We are so excited to have you join us. Our desire is that you would listen with expectancy for what God wants to do in your life. We pray that you would encounter the mighty love of the Father and that you would be fired up for the more that He has for you. And so today, I want to talk about a topic that is a little bit mystical for a lot of people. And what I want to try to do is make it simple for all of us. We're going to talk about praying in the Spirit. And we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness and helps us and prays together with us and what that looks like. So there's two different ways to pray. There's a lot of different ways to pray, but I'm going to talk about it in this context. You can pray your way or you can pray his way. Now, even when we pray our way, if it comes from an authentic heart, God can hear it. But most of the time, the prayers that come from our way are these desperate petitions for help. And God does hear those. I want you to know that. Never, ever stop praying those prayers. These are the types of prayers that when we get in trouble or we have health problems or lose a job or finances or things that really matter to us a lot in the natural and we're struggling with them and we don't really understand maybe the ways of God or how to pray together with God. These are the types of prayers that I prayed when I got saved. Like I had been through a hurricane. I was arrested for drugs and facing a third degree felony. And my house had caved in on top of me. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know God. So I just cried out for help. And guess what? God heard that prayer. But some of us are stuck in this constant, desperate, lobbing up petitions, crying for help in prayer. But don't stop. But now today, what I want to teach you is that there's a better way. Everybody say there's a better way. So the better way is really praying in the Spirit. Now, praying in the Spirit is not just praying in tongues. That's a part of it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, when I pray in, in, a, in, the, in tongues or an unknown prayer language, my spirit is praying. It makes it very clear that my understanding is unfruitful. Now, do you know that sometimes God wants your understanding to be unfruitful? You know why? Because you overthink everything. You gotta have an answer to everything or it's formulistic. It's behavior modification. It's... God, give me the clear answers. I know the way it's supposed to happen. This, this is supposed to happen this way. Are any of you in a situation where in the natural, you would say, this is how it should happen. I can't believe it's not happening this way. What is the matter with that other person? That's kind of how it goes, right? And God says, listen, you're not gonna be able to pray through this that way. There's a different way. There's a better way. And my job as a shepherd and a pastor is not just to love you in the petition mode and the cry for help. See, the process in the kingdom is you give your life to the Lord and then God really begins to work work on all your issues. And it can sometimes be ugly. All kinds of stuff starts coming out. It's like the refiner's fire. It's like the silversmith. It's like cowboy coffee. You turn that propane tank heat up all the way and it starts boiling and it starts extracting everything out of the grounds. It's the same with the silversmith. All the junk starts coming to the top and guess what? We can all see it. And it's like, oh, that is so ugly. But that's the design by God. Because if you can't see it, 
if you don't know the truth, you don't know how to deal with it. And so Jesus is in this process of refining you, revealing to you. And really, I'll, I'll try to summarize a little bit of this message. We'll look at it in the scripture. But everything's in decay. Everything. Now, now I'm not a pessimist. I'm an optimist. But biblically, from the biblical understanding and in a natural understanding, because of one man's sin, his name's Adam, all creation is in decay. The Bible actually uses the word, it's corrupted. Some of us can really see the corruption. Some of you have like extra special eyes to see the corruption, especially in the White House, especially in, the gover- in governmental affairs and injustices. Maybe it's children, maybe it's the foster care system, maybe it's adoption, maybe it's pedophiles, maybe it's human trafficking. She sees it. Some of you get real good eyesight to see certain areas of decay, corruption, and decomposition. But the Bible says that because of Adam's sin, all creation is in decay, which means there's decay in us. But there was another man. His name's Jesus. And when Jesus comes, he shows you how to get out of that decay and move up and higher towards something so much bigger. The problem is, is if all you see is the decay, the corruption, and the decomposition, and you don't have Christ, and you don't have a hope of glory, and something ahead of you bigger and better, you'll revert backwards and keep feeding the decay. Because you're so unhappy with yourself. Understand? So what, the, what God does is he gives you a helper because you need help. Everybody say, I need help. Some of you need like, man, I really need help. Like, man, I'm desperate. I need help so bad. But the great news about this place is we say, come as you are, and we mean it. it we mean the fact that it's really messy. You're in process. You give your life to Jesus. And now it all starts getting revealed and coming out. And now it's all of a sudden, it's like, man, that decay is really ugly. It's like, that's all right. Come on. Let's pray. Let's bring forgiveness. Let's bring healing. Let's bring life. Let's identify who you are. Because now we become like the Holy Spirit to others. So I'm going to show you in Romans 8 that the Holy Spirit becomes symmetrical. Everybody say symmetrical. Symmetrical. All right. So symmetrical literally means face-to-face, speaking to and coming into agreement and fitting perfectly together with us. And the Holy Spirit does three things. It shows us who we, it speaks to what's in us, shows us who we are, and shows us what we're becoming. So we're sons now, but there's a full reality of adoption coming. It's almost like right now we're under petition to adopt and we have terminated our rights. But there's still a final judgment coming. You understand? I'm I'm living this personally right now. Everything I teach you is the reality of what I'm living in the moment. But I understand enough no matter what I've done or where I go or how I'm feeling, what God says. And God says, you need help. Everybody say, I need help. help. Guess who needs help all the time? All of us. There's not one person in this room that doesn't need help. Every day I face weakness. Every day you face weakness. The challenge is, is that some of us give our lives to Christ and then we get stunted in our growth and we stay in decay. You gotta get out of decay got to stop decomposing and start actually getting fertilizer, some water, some sunlight, some hoeing and raking and tilling of the soil so you start to produce fruit so that you can become a tree where the birds of the air can come, all kinds of birds. I'm talking blackbirds, bad birds, good birds, 
jacked up birds, healthy birds can come and find rest in your tree. Right? The problem is some of us are like poisonous trees and the minute the bird lands, it's like we gobble it up and eat it. And if you've been coming here for more than 90 days and you've entered into the process of Christianity, it's time for you to say, I don't wanna live in decay anymore. Because you're hurting your own self. See, I see destiny as beautiful and radiant, full of hope and promise in life. I see you in 20, 30 years from now. If you'll change course and stay it, you'll only bloom and blossom and radiate and be healthy for a long, long, prosperous life. If we keep feeding our old nature and keep allowing ourselves to stay in decay, that decay only causes more decay and decomposition. That's why for me, the older I got, the shorter I realized my life was. And now I wish that I would have known 20 or 30 years what I know now. And it's okay, I'm not living in regret. But now I realize I only have one me. And when you hear me <clears throat> cough and all that, that's decay. It's inflammation caused by some sort of allergic reaction of something. And you can fill in the blank. Dust, humidity, farm animals, cockroaches, rats, dander, whatever it is. But it's all part of the decay, Right? But see, Jesus came that I would have life, and now, because of the cross and because of what Christ did, all of creation begins to groan for a promise and move in a different direction. This all ties into praying in the Spirit. Here's why. Because now when I start praying, I'm praying towards something, and sometimes it's a deep groan. And I'm going to show you about groaning. Some of you never groaned, but well, you've never groaned this way, but you've groaned in agony and pain. All of us have probably groaned and hurt in pain at some point or another. This is a kind of groaning that's like, oh, I'm hurting so bad. Oh, God, save me out of that, God. Oh, Lord, I just hurt so bad. You ever been in that kind of agony? You know, the word groaning literally is tied to grief and pain. But this type of groaning now is a different type of groaning. This is a groaning for a purpose for a direction. Some of it's me groaning, not only for myself and for other people, all creation's groaning, but more of it now becomes a groaning by the Holy Spirit. And some of you have never ever groaned together with the Holy Spirit. You think, man, that's weird. No, it's not. It's in the Bible. And I'm not, I can't make you groan. It's not like I can have a practice session on this. All right, everybody groan. That would be really weird. Right? You can't hype this, fake it, make it. But God has this way of revealing things to you, showing you your own depravity and weakness, putting you in a place to pray for somebody else. Circumstances of life. When we lost a child, we groaned. I mean, deep on the inside. But there's a groaning that comes from me, but there's also a groaning that comes from the Holy Spirit in me. Yes, the Holy Spirit prays on my behalf, but he also does it, he does it through me. So now... When I start to groan for you, when you groan for her, when I start to see you the way God sees you, this thing that comes out of me for your children, for your future, is so deep on the inside. It's a burden of grief that I feel for you or for myself, and especially when I don't know how to pray. There are times that I'm so weak, me, pastor, I know the word, I know prayer, I'm dialed in with the Lord, but many times I have no idea what to say or pray. I feel so weak. Any of you ever feel that way? It's as if God allows that to bring you to a place where it can't be of you. It's otherworldly. Yeah. 
because it's groanings that can't be uttered. So there's not a language for it. I can't even put a word into it. But what I can tell you, I'm so desperate and I'm so broken and I'm so weak or I feel something so deep inside of me that inside here, this groaning and travailing comes up out of me and connects with the throne room of God. Hebrews 4 says, we can come in a time of need boldly to the throne to obtain grace and mercy. So when I cry out for you or somebody that's hurting or broken, and look, if you don't have a desire and a groaning and you can't see the brokenness in the world around you, you really need Jesus. You're living so selfish. Life is not about our stuff, our careers, and our money and our things. God puts you here for a purpose. And that purpose is to help those people that are voiceless, the children, the, the, the hurting and the broken, those that don't have what we have, the prostitutes, pedophiles, all that stuff that I hate. I'm crying out for God to bring revealed glory and liberty to my life and to other people's lives and to earth and to once and for all do away with the corruption. It's also doing away with the corruption because your body is prone to, to pain and suffering and sin. All of us, which is why we need Jesus. This is why we groan and travail for him to come. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. This topic of praying in the Spirit is long, deep, and wide. I'm sure I will dive in more to it in the School of Ministry starting this fall. Maybe I'll do a part two because I won't get into it all today. But I do want you to understand, praying in the Spirit is coming into agreement with the Holy Spirit, praying the way that he prays, sometimes with a language we understand but also in praying in spirit and praying in tongues. So when I pray for Danielle, I can pray in the spirit for her because I don't know the things that she needs in her life. I don't know how to pray as I ought to. So the Holy Spirit begins to intercede through me and sometimes it's and I'm listening, God, what am I praying in the spirit? I begin, and God begins to take me in a direction to show me things I would never know about her. But sometimes I can start to pray, Lord, I thank you for Danielle. Thank you for her son. Thank you for her family and her future. God, I thank you that you knew what you were doing so long ago when you brought her and Leroy together. And God, I begin to speak to the destiny and the purpose that you have for her. And I begin to see the callings of God and the life of God. I begin to declare them in prayer. And now I'm not praying in my natural understanding. I'm praying by the Spirit. But the key is I have to be looking. I have to be listening. The Apostle John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard the sound of a trumpet speaking. We walk by faith and not by sight. You know, the enemy to faith is sight. Because if I'm constantly praying what I see, instead of praying what he sees, I'm not praying in the spirit. All of us need to pray in the spirit. That means we need aid by the Holy Spirit. We need help by the Holy Spirit. We need to make time to pray together with the Holy Spirit. We need to allow him to move through us. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you definitely need to be born again. And if anybody here is not born again, you can't enter into this process. This message is really for Christians growing into the more that God has for you. But if you're not sure, you've got to surrender all, forsake all and say, God, I'm desperate for you. And once you get into that process, you get the Holy Spirit in you to lead you to become who he's called you to become, all right? When I think about praying in the Spirit, it's opposite of praying in the flesh. It means I'm praying God's way. It's a prayer life that's effective and works to another degree. It fuels my faith. 
It fuels and strengthens you in your weakness. It produces power to accomplish things that you're praying and believing for. Here's how it worked. Elijah, who was a man with a nature like ours, this is in the Bible, he was a man, this is Romans 8, with a nature like ours, prayed in the days of Ahab and uh, Jezebel, the worst king Israel ever had, wickedness in the land, prayed that it wouldn't rain. And guess what? It didn't rain for seven years. And when, he, when it was time to rain, guess what he did? He prayed that it would rain, and it prayed, and it rained. Now, I don't fully understand that. All I know is I want that kind of prayer faith, and I want to pray in the Spirit that way. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you live in Texas, you really need to learn how to pray in the Spirit. It's like, God, it's too hot. Lord, cool it down. Lord, it's a freeze for a week. Please, God, warm it up. God, that hurricane brewing in the camp, Bay of Campeche. God. Lord, it's been, we're in a drought. I mean, it's, God, stop the rain. Please, God, stop the rain. It's like one day, it's like I'm schizophrenic in my prayers. But here's the key. The key is you never stop and you come into agreement. And, it, and many times I prayed against the hurricane. I'm standing against that. I speak to that storm and bam, my coffee shop got wiped out. I don't understand it, but guess what? I don't stop praying. Because I'm sure it's not a problem with him. In fact, it may not even be a problem with me. God's just teaching me, will I stay the course and never back down? Amen. Instead of going, oh, it doesn't work. Pointless. God's a deist. He spun the earth like a top. And then he said, I'll see you in a couple thousand years. It's not how it works. God's actively involved in our everyday lives. The faith is to have rest and to trust in the midst of the storm. Sometimes God puts you in the storm for a purpose. Sometimes God stops the storm. God is God. But I'm going to pray and be in agreement and stand with what I believe is his perfect will on earth as it is in heaven. But I'm doing it in the spirit, not in my flesh. And I want to teach you that. So we're going to look at it here in the Bible in just one moment. There is a difference than desperate prayers of constant petition when we're in trouble or suffering. Now, never stop. Okay, destiny, never stop. Pastor, never stop. You never stop. You always stand in agreement and pray and cry out no matter what. But now what I want you to do is start to pray together with the Holy Spirit. That means looking, listening, and not being moved by your natural eyesight. See, sight, what you see allows fear to come in. So what I have to do is stop being moved by what I see and start walking by faith. All right? Yes. All right. I got a lot of issues with things going on in this country. But instead of raising a bullhorn and complaining about it or just typing something up on Facebook, I'm going to get involved and be the light of the world. You can't just sit back. If you're upset and frustrated, do something about it. Get on a commission. Go to city council meetings. Go make, be friends with the mayor. Stand for life. Stand for God's biblical principles. This isn't a Republican or Democratic thing. No, I'm not for gay marriage. It's love is not just love. God designed marriage for a purpose. It's in his nature and its character. It's the covenant heartbeat of God in unity. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And now between a man and a woman. There's two genders. Now, if gay couples come in here, I love you. 
you're watching, I love you. Right. I care about you. If you want to disagree with me, that's okay, but please don't stop coming. Right. And if a gay couple that's married comes and sits next to you, you better not sneer and snide and snicker at them and look down on them. You better love them well and treat them right because somebody's got to love everybody that walks in. And heterosexual couples come in here all the time, sleeping together and living together, and they get flamed on by the Holy Spirit and come and say, man, pastor, I, we need to get married. And so now I got... 10, 15 couples in this church that were sleeping together when they walked in here with a bunch of kids and said, I don't ever want to get married, to saying, please, when can you marry us? So let's go. Tomorrow, let's go. No, no. I, don't, I usually don't do tomorrow, but. And so we got heterosexual couples in here and people that sleep around all the time and you're living in compromise and sin and I still love you. And I believe that gay marriage and a uh, homosexual lifestyle is directly contrary, but so are all the other things. And yes, I believe it's a greater assault on the character and nature of God, and I believe that there is an agenda for our kids. I believe there is an agenda, but guess what? I'm gonna love with perfect love because Jesus loved with perfect love. But that doesn't mean it's okay, but I'm gonna love the person. And all those people can come here. You're coming here. And, and y'all know who you are. <laughs> Stay the course. Start to see the way God sees. Start to pray the way God prays. Start to love the way God loves. You understand? Our cries and groans that come from him within us release something otherworldly out of us. So let's, let's look at the scripture. Romans 8. Verse 16 says, the Holy Spirit himself is symmetrical. It doesn't say symmetrical. So look at the, you got scripture coming up. Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So this word symmetrical, this is the word, bear witness is the word symmetry. And it literally means to testify together with us to stand face-to-face in agreement with us for three things. What's in you, who you are, and where you're going. Which means when I pray, I need to come into agreement with what God says about me and what's in me, who I am, and where I'm going. This is praying in the Spirit. It's part of it. And so now when I'm totally at a loss, when I feel all the lies of the enemy, a shame, failure, screw up, and he's lying to me, and I start to feel those things, now I have an adversary, a helper right now, that as I start to pray his way, who himself is bearing witness with my spirit, he's telling me who I am, he's reminding me where I'm going, he's telling me that it's not over, he's telling me that there's a greater glory ahead of me, stop feeding the decay. Every time to pull you out of it. The problem is, is if you don't understand who you are and you've not surrendered all, when you spin out, shame, lies, victim mentality keep coming in and keeps you stuck where you are. And then the pattern's cyclical. We repeat the same bad habits. Drugs, alcohol, unhealthy lifestyles, bad boyfriends, people that use us, hurt us, and abuse us. And then suddenly we get into victim mentality and it's everybody else's fault, but we're stuck in the cycle. But the Holy Spirit comes in, it's like we sang today, he delivers us out of our Egypt and takes us to the promised land. So you've got to get on a new path. 
Stop doing the same things that you used to do. Stop combusting. Now, when you do combust, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, though a righteous man falls seven times, I'm getting back up. I, for me, it feels like it's more like 7,000 times. Can anybody else relate? But guess what? God is good. Everybody say, God is good. And his mercy endures forever. You gotta understand the mercy of the Lord. I need mercy all the time. So when I start to pray in agreement with the Lord, I start to get mercy. I start to get reminded of who God says I am. I don't stay wallowing around like a pig in pig slop. I pick myself up and I get out by praying together with the Lord and he shows me who I am. It's praying together in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's bearing witness with our spirit that you are who? What is he bearing witness of? Your identity. Praying in the Spirit is, always points back to identity. Intercession is about identity. When I start interceding on behalf of somebody in a situation or circumstance, what I really want to see you do is become who God's called you to become so you can walk it out the way God wants you to walk it out. My intercession is less of God deliver you. You're going to get picked on today. <laughs> deliver destiny out of all the stuff Though I want you delivered, my greater prayer and cry is show yourself strong to her and who she is in the midst of it so you can learn to walk it out confidently because God's in the overcoming. God's in the overcoming. Sometimes it's a delivering out. Right? Sometimes it's, God, I'm praying, get them out right now. But other times it's like, Lord, instead of giving them a breakthrough, give them the grow through. You know how I learned, you know how I learned all the stuff that I know? Lots of heartbreak, pain, failures, mistakes, and overcoming. But at some point, you got to get off the crazy train. Get off the crazy train. Do you hear me? You're not the only one that had to get off the tracks. We all got off the track. We all said, done, stop, I'm out. Now, if you are, I want you to notice if children, there is an if there. Not everyone is not a child of God. Everyone has the DNA of God inside of them. And everyone was ultimately created, all mankind was created initially in his image and likeness. But because of the fall, there was a separation. Now God sent his son to redeem us back. So once you come to Jesus, you now become an heir to the promise and become a child of God because of the cross. Everybody needs the cross. Nobody gets to bypass the cross. So stop believing that lie. I can see people as, I can say to an unbeliever, I see the destiny of God inside of you. You are gonna be a great and mighty man of God. And somebody say, well, they're not even born again. I'm speaking by the spirit what I see inside of you. I'm not looking at your natural circumstance. I see a mighty warrior evangelist man of God sitting in front of me. Yes, I know there's compromise and struggles and challenges, but I also see a work in progress. So what am I going to do? I'm speaking to the vision. I'm seeing a blueprint of what you're going to become. Everybody understand that? That's that's by the Spirit. So now when I pray for you, because here's the problem. I know Christians that call themselves Christians that act more like the wicked witch of the West. In the name of Jesus. Am I right? And you know what? In my natural mind, in my flesh, smite them, God. Smite them. 
smite them on their hind parts. There's another way to say that, but we're in church. Kick them in the... And I groan with anger. You know what God says about that? Oh, you being spitefully used, don't fight back, buy them lunch and bless them. You know how hard it is to bless somebody that's spitefully using you and persecuting you? God, just bless them. It's like I'm, it's so hard. I don't want them to be blessed in, my na- in the natural. Heck no. The wrath of God going to kick your crack. That's what I really want. Am I the only one that feels this way? So God says, oh, you're mad. Are you mad? Guess what? Ask me to bless them. Oh, no, no, no. No, and I'll start manifesting. <laughs> you want to see manifesting it. I don't want you to be blessed when you're treating me like that. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. This is why we pray in the Spirit. This is why we understand God's word. Praying in the Spirit is also praying in accordance with God's word. Now I'm in agreement with what God's saying because the Holy Spirit's speaking through me. I'm not praying in my flesh. Because you know why? If they really get blessed, they'll become like Christ and do the righteous thing. Do you understand? See, God is, it's a total opposite way of the world system. And it doesn't mean that there's not justice. It doesn't mean there's not prison times. It doesn't mean there's, but that's all decay and corruption. That's the natural, that's why I really wanted to teach you Ezekiel 18. It's in my lineup. God takes no delight and pleasure in killing the wicked. God doesn't take any delight and pleasure in kicking people in the crack. It's not his heartbeat. But iniquity and sin and trespassing kicks you in the crack. I want you to live a long, good life. You know, I'm 50. I got little kids. I have such an urgency to be healthy. I, have to, I rarely, rarely eat fast food, except for breakfast tacos, but... <laughs> I don't call that fast food. <laughs> Breakfast tacos are not fast food. Who wants to fight me on it? I'll just tell you right now. Hey, calm down. Calm down. Wow. I'm making Marlene manifest right here. But exercise, health, taking care. You only got one you, and it's subject to decay. We're going to look at it. All creation's in decay. But God has a better way. And I understand it's destined for a man to die, but I don't want to die prematurely. I do not want to do your funeral. Ever. I should die before you. You have to stop feeding the decay. And you see, man, all the hurts, the pains, God says forgiveness. You know you can only forgive really by the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to show you. Why am I manifesting in in this cyclical pattern? And then God begins to reveal to you orphan mentality. See, the Holy Spirit always reminds you who you are, a child of God. But all the dysfunction comes from an orphan mentality. Here's what an orphan looks like. I gotta watch my back. I'm always afraid. If I don't do it, no one else will. I'm all alone. 
I got to get mine. Because if I don't get it, you won't. If I don't do it, no one else will. Orphan mentality. We use and abuse it and we take from everyone else instead of giving life to everybody else. See, even once you know who you are, even when you make mistakes and fall short, you realize, man, this is decay. Get it out. I don't want it. It's still there. Break the decay. Break the corruption and remind me who I am as a son. And the faster you can recognize and realize you got decay, the faster you'll cry out and you'll groan because you say, this is so ugly. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate that thing that keeps rising up in me. I hate that thing that's inside of you. I don't hate you, but I hate the thing that keeps that decay of that corrupt nature. So I'm going to now begin to groan and cry out. I hate the things I say. Oh, God. Oh. <coughs> and then I hack it up and call it out. Yeah. And it's like some, he's like, people come in here and they start groaning. This is a safe place to groan. He said, man, groaning's weird. No, it's not. It may seem weird if it's not of the Lord, but I've watched people groan in their flesh and God set them free. So man, that's not of the spirit. You know what? Let them get it out and groan it out and stop being so skeptical all the time and let the people get free. And if it's not of the Lord and God speaks to the leadership, we'll deal with it. Where do we get so skeptical all the time? So if you're a child, everybody say, if I'm a child, then I'm an heir. So you're, joint, you're heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if indeed you suffer with him, that you also may be glorified together. So what I'm wanting to you to see is present life without Christ is decay. Life with the Spirit is moving to glory. There's a comparison. What we see now and what's coming. What we see now and what's coming. What's coming is way greater. If you don't see what's coming, if you can't see who you're called to be, if you stay stuck in the now and in the decay, you're never going to move to the destiny that God had for you. So you need eyes to see. You need eyes to see. Verse 18, for I consider that the, pres- that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed in us. There's a present suffering. It's all around. Some of it's in me. Some of it's around me. Some of it's based on circumstances. Some of it's coming from the spirit of the age, from the capital. It's, this, it's a world system that's always been there that I'm called to shine a light in a darkness to. And God's always dealing with it inside of me as well because I'm always prone to weakness. But in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. So you need perfect strength in the midst of your weakness. And instead of me trying to fix your weakness, what I'm trying to get you to do is to cry out to God in the midst of it and let his strength be revealed. So this suffering at this present time, are you suffering? Are you hurt? You're going through a hard time? It's nothing compared to what's coming. Meaning that it's so much greater not, and yeah, it could get harder. Let me just remind y'all, now's the time for you to be, be getting prepared for whatever's coming down the line. Right. 
Go stock up on everything. Hurricane season's here. I don't know what's, I've told you this so many times. Don't wait until long lines. Get to the store and buy some extra of everything. Be prepared. But the better preparation is always in the spirit. Be prepared in the spirit. So you're not caught off guard. Son has to go to the hospital. Jesus, in the midst of the storm, I'm trusting in your lordship and I'm declaring who he is. And I know this is a hard suffering, but it's nothing compared to the glory that's coming. So God, I got my eyes on the glory instead of on the decay. Come on. Your new body, this is all about also getting a new body. Because the body needs full redemption. You're going to have a resurrected body. You know that, right? I can't wait. I'm going to be so buff. (laughs) My wife, if she thinks I'm hot now, wait till heaven. Look at verse 19. The earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. So the Holy Spirit creates an earnest expectation for a revealing. An eager, desirous expectation. Eagerly waiting. Here's the challenge. If you don't see an eagerly waiting, you'll stay in the moment of the now. I'm eagerly longing for something. I'm so sick and tired of the darkness and sin and the corruption. I'm so sick and tired of it. I don't want to need anything of this world. It's like we're singing, you're all I want, God. You're all I need. And then I am up there worshiping. He says, yeah, throw in all these other things you really want and you really need. I'm like, crap. Man, you're all I want. You're all I need. And then God's like, yeah, but what about all these other things you're chasing after? after?" It's like this morning. God has such a sense of humor. All I need is you. And then in my heart, I'm like, all I need is you and some cold brew. Like, no, God. I, Because we're out of cold brew, which is the funny thing. I really want a cold brew. It's like, it's like, you know, God and I laugh a lot. You guys need to laugh a little bit more with the Lord. He's like, yeah. You, oh, sing it. Sing it. When are you going to be real about it? <laughs> it sounds so, oh. So desperate. Who's watching? What, when's lunch? What about that? This, that. It's a million things going through my head. It's like, yeah, you're all I want, God, all I want. But what about the last five days when I didn't spend a minute with him? I don't even know where I'm going. Somebody might need to come rescue me out. Rescue me out of this. This stuff is only by the Spirit. Really. It's like, I can be in the flesh or I can be in the spirit. It's pretty black and white. So now I want to see the way God sees. I want to pray the way God prays. I want to talk the way God talks. And I want to have an eager waiting. See, here's the challenge. If I'm spinning out and manifesting, I'm not eagerly waiting for anything. I'm self-gratifying in the moment. But now I'll eagerly wait for y'all because I know what I see in you. I see beautiful young girls full of life and promise and hope. I see beautiful single moms waiting for all that God has for you in your future. 
and in some cases, be a godly man, your children getting healthy right now. I see that. So now I want you to begin to see what God has for you, but only the Holy Spirit can, in a symmetrical way, begin to reveal it to you. So get him in you and let him start speaking to you. So now when you spin out and you get in pain, start to cry out in your weakness and let God come and help you. And don't be afraid to groan and actually travail and cry out in the midst of that hurt and pain. Like your kids, I felt a genuine, genuine groaning burden for you to get your kids back. And you got your kids back. That's how good God is. Not only am I interceding for myself, but I'm interceding for you. And now I'm praying in the spirit for you. Because in my natural eyes, I can look at you and go, They'll give you the psh. You're like a lost cause. See what I'm saying? Start doing it God's way. Verse 20, the creation was subjected to futility. You know what futility means? Pointless. A waste of time. The creation was subjected to pointlessness and decay because of what Adam did. It's around us, and in many cases, it's in us. So guess what? Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. Sorry, it's just, it's better than a Beatles song. Better than a Beatles song. So creation is subject to futility, not willingly. It wasn't by choice. Because of him who's subjected in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of, there it is, decay, corruption, Verse 21, decay, corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation, there's the words, groans and labors with birth pains. Something's being birthed. I'm feeling a birth pain of something to come together until now. Not only that, but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting the adoption, the redemption of our body. The redemption of our body, why? Because the body's subject to pain, and sin. It's still subject to it. Suffering, hardship, difficulties, sickness, disease, but one day that's all going to be gone. So now I have this groaning inside of me for that to stop. I have this groaning inside of me for pedophiles to stop abusing children. I have this groaning inside of me for kids without parents in foster home and needing to be adopted to birth up inside of me. I have a groaning inside of me for those that are living on the streets to get out of that lifestyle and be free. Drug, drug addicts, prostitutes, johns, pimps, whatever it is. Right. But it's a Holy Spirit groaning. Yes. It's, it's Holy Spirit inside of me. And only the Holy Spirit can produce that in you. You can't fake it, you can't hype it, you can't make it up. You got to see the way God sees and pray the way God prays. And then verse 23 says, we have a guarantee. Everybody say, I have a guarantee. I have a guarantee. You know what a first fruit is? It's like, hey, I've got this big, awesome crop. Here's, 10, here's the first 10% as a guarantee that I'm bringing a lot more. So you have a guarantee. Everybody say, I have a guarantee. I have a guarantee. Which means that there's more coming. You've got to see the more. You've got to see that God has something great and destined for you. And you've got to take care of yourself so that you can run to the end and not die prematurely. 
I've done funerals for teenagers who were hyped up on synthetic marijuana and drugs and jumped out of the car and killed themselves. No, I don't think that at all was God's plan. Not one bit. And so what I realized is God has a destiny and a purpose and there's something great coming and now I'm coming into agreement because I have a guarantee. It's an eager awaiting for a complete adoption and the redemption of our body where there'll be no more sin and pain. Verse 24, for we were saved in this hope. This is the hope you were saved in. Hope that is seen is not hope for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we don't see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And some of you have lost your hope. Hope, if you can see it, it's not hope. Now I can see it by faith in the spirit and I'm walking by faith and I have a hopeful expectation, but it's not here yet. You're not who you're called to become yet, but you yes. will be. Yes. Yet, but you will be. Yet, but you will be. Yet, but you will be. Amen. So what this does, it creates a constant trajectory of optimism and hope and life. Constantly pulling you and me out of the hurt and the pain. And this is where I'm going to conclude with this scripture. I will not finish this entire message. There's so much to praying in the spirit. Getting lost in the spirit, praying in tongues, getting out of your mind, get your understanding being unfruitful, what it means to, to be okay with that and let go and to get lost with God, interceding in a whole nother way. Fueling my life in intercession and prayer. This is all part of this, but I can't get to it all in, on a Sunday morning. So we'll teach you more of this in the future. Stick around. But verse 26 says, likewise. Everybody say, likewise. likewise. Here's how this works. There's a comparison. I'm groaning because I'm hurting for you and for others in the darkness in this world. Or even my own self. It creates this thing in me of grief that causes me to groan out. But now, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses because you don't know how to pray as we should or as we ought, but the Spirit makes intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The for us is with us. The for us is with us. And so now what that means is that the Holy Spirit now intercedes on my behalf through me and in me. Now my groaning becomes an intercession with the Holy Spirit type groaning. Instead of a painful, lobbing, petition, hurting type of groaning, it's a different kind of groaning. It's, oh, God, have your way in their lives. Lord, I feel the burden and the weight. God, do what only you can do in their lives, God. I begin to cry out, Lord. Rescue their children. Pull them out of the drugs. Pull them out of this dysfunction of fornication, God. Break that spirit of pornography and lust, God. Lord, I'm crying out, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh. The Lord heard my cry. And he rescued me and he'll rescue you. And we have to stop having disdain and being lukewarm, apathetic, nice Christians with pretty churches. And same for us personally. So some of you never, ever groan. Ever. And I, I, don't, I wish I groaned more that I can't make it, but there's times that I feel the burden and the weight of the Lord and I'm weak. That's an important thing for you to see. It's the word weak in our weakness literally means a mental struggle here. Because why? I don't know what to say. Do you ever come to this fight? You just don't know what to say? 
Have you ever felt like I don't even know how to pray right now? So guess who's here to help you? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins to pray through you in your weakness, which strengthens you. And what's he doing? Who's in you? Who you are? Where are you going? Who's in her? Where's she at? Where's she going? Now my intercession changes and my groanings and my travailings by the Holy Spirit now shifts. This is another level of intercession. Many, 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 many of you in this room are called to be intercessors and to see in the Spirit. You just haven't had a safe place to do it or been affirmed in it. I don't need any of you to be nice Christians. I need you to be powerful, effective Christians, full of love and life and the fruit of the Spirit and confidence and boldness and brokenness. It's like, man, I am weak. I don't even know what to say right now. Oh, God, I cry out to you, Lord. Lives are on the line. Yes. Yes. It's not kumbaya Christianity. I'm not just trying to make it to the end. Man. What I see in this room, every one of you, young and old, every one of us in this room, there's so much power in this place. So much power in this place. When you're weak, are you weak? Man, you got an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to pray through you. But see, the thing is, we want to be strong. It's like, man, I, I want to have it all figured out. You got to say, no, when you're weak, that's when you pray. And then Paul goes on to say, I, I wish I prayed in tongues more than all y'all. It's 1 Corinthians 14. When I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. You don't know how to praise you ought to, so you pray the mysteries of God. 1 Corinthians 14, 2 and 4. When I pray in an unknown tongue, I edify myself. Man, I feel like absolute crap right now. Physically, I don't feel good. My back hurts. I'm hacking up loogies. I'm getting older. I'm t- more tired. Whatever it is. You want to know why I'm up here dancing? Because I'm in that wrestling match. And I, I need to get myself psyched up with the spirit. Oh, man, that pain in my knee is not feeling real good right now. But There's nothing else, God. There's a, oh, yeah, that other thing? Yeah, yeah, I don't want that anymore. There's nothing else, God. There's nothing else, Man, I just feel the Holy Spirit just doing that. It's fanning into flame the gift that was given to you by the Holy Spirit. The devil wants you to stay weak and broken and in decay. Pick yourself up and lift your hands up and run after the Lord. Get to every single event that this church has and get friends around you that will love you instead of trying to get in your pants. And I love y'all. Hey, listen, I'm compassionate. I was once that guy, all right? You come right out of the world, I lived a lifestyle of promiscuity, I got born again, but I still had a flesh rising up next day. But eventually I gave in to the better way. And eventually I said, God, I'm tired of doing that. And if anybody around you is a shyster or or that type of person, that's not a real friend. So I had to get real friends around me. And some of them were girls. And if I even thought I was gonna get jicky, (laughs) 
they would have slapped me left and right and up and down because they were full of the Holy Spirit. Yes. 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 So, oh, you, you want some of this? She cut up a son that I'm going to pray for you in the spirit right now. I mean, I'm going to get you in a whole different way. You want to say something? I have so much more. This is, but we're going to stop. I, I asked my dear friend Blue to come up here and uh, just share from his own heart and anything he wants to say. This is a great topic. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of trivia. The early church didn't so much call it talking in tongues. They called it glossa laslia. Glossa meaning tongue and lalia uh, <coughs> meaning talker. And every, I would attribute almost 100% of the revelation that I've received from the Lord myself on a personal level uh, from praying in the Spirit. And I used to ask God, I said, Lord, don't let me get to heaven knowing that I could fly down here in the natural on earth. And so when I ask God questions, I ask him those types of things. And one day I was praying and it's asking God for deep, fresh revelation. He says, well, you're using the wrong language. If you want to talk about, find about a spiritual thing, then pray in the spirit. When you see scriptures like Job 28, there is a path that no foul knows. Well, what's that mean, God? Well, pray in the spirit. Look at something of scripture. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Well, what does that mean, being in the spirit? And it's more simpler than you realize. Now I'm out of it, and now I'm in the Spirit. It's that simple. I'm out of it, and I'm in. And when I'm in, I see, like this couple in the far back there, I see two young men uh, that are like mountains. Now... I'm out, and I'm not seeing because I'm not using my faith. So we're way more powerful than we realize. And that revelation knowledge, when you see something in a Bible that you don't understand or it just seems unreal, um, that's when you should pray in the Spirit. So let me encourage you. I, I love, don't you just love what David's teaching on? I just love it so much. And I wish more people would understand that. You know, some of you are plumbers, electricians, maybe doctors, whatever. We all come from different walks of life. And you sometimes develop this mindset that, well, this is, I'm doing my job and I'm paying my tithes and that's all I'm created for. Well, you, you'll never find out because you never ask. And you never prayed in the right language. Praying in the Spirit. Receiving that fresh revelation of things that you don't understand. So when you're praying in the Spirit, be aware of the syllables that you're praying. If you're talking in tongues and close your eyes, well, all of a sudden, when you see most people, they just pray for a minute because in the mind, there's no fruit. But if you can keep praying in the Spirit and press in, suddenly you realize, 
I am on a path that no fowl knows, and the vulture's eyes not seeing, and the lion's cubs have never walked upon it. You get in that place of prayer, and you can literally, even though you're sitting down, feel yourself walking down the pathway. And you, you say, you know, I love that gift. I love to see people prophesy. I don't have that gift. I love the word of knowledge, but I don't have that gift. Well, ask in the right language. Ask and press in and pray in the Spirit. And God will give it to you. I promise you. But don't spend your whole life, the rest of your life on this planet, finally getting to heaven, realizing you could have had so much more. Amen? Amen. so good. Can y'all, can y'all, am I on? There we go. Can you guys just feel the presence of the Lord in here? I mean, it's just, there's an electrically charged atmosphere. You can catch it. This is, I've done my best to teach it, but there's something to catch right now. Something to catch. And what I want to challenge you to do is position yourself. Jesus is Lord, I'm not. You're not. So the Holy Spirit has a better way. And we want to find that language, that vein of gold that only God can take you in. That brings wisdom and understanding and empowers you and helps you and aids you and directs you and guides you. That's what we want. And that's a life I've lived since I gave my life to the Lord. So right now, what we're going to do is we're going to have our prayer partners come up and we're gonna pray for those of you that if you've never given your life to Jesus, you can't enter into this, the path that no foul knows, that no eye has seen or heard until you get born again. Second of all, repentance and forgiveness is always critical. James 5.16 says, confess your trespasses to one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Why is effectual fervent prayer and forgiveness go hand in hand? Because when you really want to see yourself step into the more, there's got to be a, re, a re, letting go of that for unforgiveness and bitterness inside of you. You got to let it go. You got to let it go. Give it to Jesus. He died on the cross. So, Today, if you don't know the Lord or if you have been angry and you need to forgive or you're weak, you're like, man, I am weak. Let somebody stand and pray for you. If you said, hey, I want to pray in the Spirit more or I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, let somebody pray for you. All right? And when you leave this place, don't stop. Make the time. Create the space. People tell me this all the time, man, I just, I just work so much. I'm like, get past that. Stop. Stop working so much. Say, so, well, I got to because I need the bill. Ask God to help you. Put him first. There's no better investment. He'll pay you way more down the line when you make time for him. Your job pales in comparison to what you'll get from God. Give money and be miserable. So make the time. Confess your sin. Let go of, don't be bitter. And enter into praying in the spirit. If you don't have your prayer language, say, tell somebody, hey, I want my prayer language. Okay. Fill you up with the Holy Spirit right now. Be filled in Jesus' name. God, give it to her. Give it to her. Give it to her. Give it to her. Lord, do what you do best. I just pray you be filled with the spirit. 
Get your prayer language. Start praying how you don't know how to pray. Pray in new ways. This isn't so, it's not so mystical, but it's otherworldly in the context is it's supernatural. You need some supernatural in your life. Woo! All right? If that's you, you can come kneel up here, come get prayer, whatever it takes, all right? So let's all stand. Start making your way up to the front if you'd like somebody to pray for you. All right, come on, start coming on up. You need, if any of those things hit you right in the gut, come on up. And I'm gonna just start praying over you guys and I'll let you go here in a few minutes, but before you go, I'm telling you, don't leave the same and take this with you when you go. Take this understanding when you go, all right? Father, I just thank you so much, Lord. Come on, let's lift our hands up to the Lord right now. Who cares what other people think? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jesus, we lift our hands and surrender. We lift our hands so that, God, we can expose our own selves to you. Holy Spirit, aid us, help us, work together, be symmetrical with us, God. Come into our lives, speak to us face-to-face of who we are and who we're called to become. You are children of God, and the redemption, the full redemption's coming. The date, the court date is set. The court date is set. So God, I just pray that this church would flame on. More fire, more power, more love, more perfect love to see the way you see. Give us eyes to see, God. Give us eyes to see and help us in our weakness, Lord. We don't want to stay the same anymore, God. We don't want to stay the same. Come on, if you're weak and broken and struggling and addiction and your flesh and all that stuff, get up here. Come on, get up here. God, I just thank you so much, Lord, for helping us. I pray everybody here would pray in tongues, God. That's my prayer. My prayer is that everyone here would pray in the Spirit. Supernatural prayers in English and supernatural prayers in tongues. New languages, God, new languages. I bless you, your children, your family, your home, your life, your business, everything you put your hand to. I bless your life mightily. All you single ladies, freedom, health, life, no more compromise. All you young single men, no more compromise. Flame on and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And God, I thank you so much, Lord, that our life is not our own. Get us out of our head and our intellect and don't ever let us be fake. We never want to be fake, God. We don't ever want to be fake. We want to be authentic. So Lord, we authentically come to you in need and brokenness. And I love you and I thank you for everyone here. I bless you as you go today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And if you want to partner with us in what God is doing here at Rock City, you can give by visiting our website at rockcitycorpus.com slash give.